0: Uh, Welcome back for another episode of Swinging Swords Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I'm Sean Philpott and I'm here with Adam King. And we are two guys who are not in a good mood, (laughs) to say the least. Um, First, I want to apologize for the long hiatus, Um, really wasn't planned. And, uh, you know, quickly to speak off topic, you know, we were actually supposed to record last week. And uh, at the last minute, I couldn't find the charger for my laptop and got real upset about it because I'm like, I haven't touched my laptop in, in two weeks. What what could have possibly happened to my charger? So I'm like, man, I'm going to have to buy another charger. Typically, these things cost about like $80 if you buy it from the manufacturer. So I wasn't happy about that. And uh, it was funny. Um, Friday here in Cleveland, um, we we had a mini snowpocalypse it it, it turned real (laughs) quick it went from like 55 degrees and partly sunny and then it went to rain and then it turned to freezing snow and then it just turned into a halfway blizzard but within that i decided to jump in my car and go and get a charger all right i'm like yeah we're gonna be prepared we're gonna we're gonna make this happen so late last night um i'm getting ready for bed um, did a little work on my laptop now that I have a charger two things one I tell my wife I'm going to get a charger she tells me oh I already ordered one for you I'm like what she's like yeah it's in my car it came yesterday I'm like okay <laughs> and I'm like well how did you do that she's like well you had one in a cart I'm like ooh I don't know if I wanted you to order that one because I can't remember whether or not it was compatible with my laptop, that's why I didn't go ahead and purchase it. So I wasn't going to take any chances, I went ahead and just made the purchase myself. So like I said, late last night I was getting ready to go to bed and she tells me, oh here it is. I hear it from downstairs. I'm like, here's what? Your charger. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> She's like, I found your charger. I'm like, where was it? Oh, in my bag. <laughs> Like in your bag.
1: <laughs> it's a good place for
0: it. Right. Like, and um uh, I know Adam, you're married. Um, yes. uh, do you have your issues like that? Like, do you, does it seem like when you when something in the house is lost, they always belong to you? My stuff always goes missing, yes. Right. Like when my wife needs something, it, it it's it, it's quickly found. It's put up, organized, whatever. She can go right to it. But man. Uh, outside of like missing socks <laughs> t-shirts and then like my charger like small items they always just just magically turn up missing and I, I have no idea why so you know but fortune- now i got two chargers now i'm trying to decide whether or not i'm going to keep both of them or send one back i got two charge. actually i got three chargers i bought i, I have my original i have the replacement from Amazon and then I have the one that I bought uh, from another store here in Cleveland. And so I'm just trying to decide what I'm going to do. But I'll probably, you never know. I might just keep at least two of them because I never want to miss another podcast session due to that again.
1: Definitely keep it back up. Absolutely have a back up.
0: <laughs> So that's that. So let's talk about something a little bit more fun. Let's talk about basketball. Well, I, well, I was
1: going to say you might want to, one yeah, body. yeah, you
0: know, as soon as I said that, I was like, ooh, I don't know, um, the Cavs. The last time we were in front of these microphones, Cavs was in the middle of a pretty decent winning streak. They were flowing. Now they were still struggling defensively, but the office was flowing. Uh, the Cavs had this uh, one of the top, I think, three or four benches in the NBA in terms of mm-hmm. scoring. And everything was clicking. Now, during this time, there are also some players who were not available yet. Um, Mon Schumpert, who's still injured, man, he was injured during that time. Uh, Isaiah Thomas had not come back yet. And Tristan Thompson was just getting ready to get back into the lineup. Now, on, in the, on the way in here to start this podcast, I was listening to the radio. And a guy here who writes for the Plain Dealer, he was talking about the Cavaliers. And he pointed out something. He pointed out that since the Golden State game, which they lost by, uh, what was I thinking, like three or four points? Mm -hmm. It's fairly close. You know, I I didn't really take much from it one way or another. Um, Since that game, the Cavs have not scored over 100 points.
1: Is that – wow. Wait, Portland, they scored over 100, didn't they?
0: Um, I don't believe so. Man, we could check. But, that's, I'll, I'll, but I'm, I'm not saying that. That's what he said. So, you know, I wasn't in position to check it. But it does feel like that.
1: They haven't played well in that time for sure.
0: Right. Again, uh, blown out on back-to-back games by, like, 30 or more points. Um, and the team just looks just looks absolutely terrible. And I hate to point to one guy, but it's one of those things where you can't ignore it. And this all started when Coach Lou uh forked Tristan Thompson back into the rotation. And since then this team has had trouble scoring where it was, because it was averaging about 110 points a game. They haven't reached that in a while. And that's again, actually
1: not true. Let me let me just clarify okay. that. So since Golden State, so not including Golden State, they've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games. They've played okay. eight games since Golden State ended. Mm-hmm. They've scored hundred points. Uh, they scored one hundred and thirty-one against uh, Orlando. Okay. And one hundred and twenty-seven against Portland. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. And See, lost with one hundred and one to Utah.
0: Okay. So, like That's I said, four times. that wasn't me saying that. That's what I yeah. heard on the radio, and it just kind of caught me off guard. I was like that, you no, know, that can't be true. But it was, if it were true, it would be very interesting. Yeah. But even still, things have been off uh, since they reintroduced Tristan Thompson. And the main thing that has been off is the bench scoring, because he's coming off the bench, Mm -hmm. the rotations, and the other team's approach to how they play the Cavaliers. Yes. And, you know, we talked about it before. I said, like, you know, when Tristan Thompson comes back, it's going to take them a few games to figure out – the rotation and to figure out how they're going to do things but my biggest worry is that well when tristan thompson comes back that's right around the time where isaiah thomas is supposed to come back too so even if they figure out tristan thompson they're going to have to figure out isaiah thomas and here we are um the team looks lethargic uh some guys just look like they don't even want to be out there uh, Isaiah Thomas had a good first couple of games, but since then, he looks like he needs to be sent down to the G League. Um, Trista Thompson still looks like a baby giraffe. Now, that's your thing. That's what you said, and I, I love yeah, it. I've said that for years. Yes. Now, to me, he looks like a chubby eighth grader playing basketball for the first time. Like, he, he just always looks clumsy.
1: Those images aren't that far apart. Right. One is human, one is animal. That's the only difference. <laughs> the actions are the same.
0: Um, and you know we we've, we've broken down Tristan Thompson several times before. Well hell, we'll just do it again. Uh, Tristan Thompson um, he does not move uh, fluently on the court. Um, when he sets picks he does not roll um, in a way that makes the pick effective on screens. He's usually close well, I mean slow to react and sometimes just wonder like wh- why are we playing four on five? Like, if he's not rebounding, he's not doing anything. So that has been brought back into the lineup. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas is struggling. And then you got guys who've been playing since the uh, beginning of the season, like uh, J.R. Smith, uh, who's playing man. the uh, Matador defense to the nth degree. Like, you know, we, we've we seen players, like, just not do a good job of staying in front of their man. But right now, J.R. Smith is on a whole other level. To where it's like if this was a college game, I was wonder I would wonder if he's on the take. It's <laughs> definitely rough looking at Jr. Smith play. Yeah, and but there's another thing that's bothering me, and I'm going to dive into it right now. Um, this team, like every year, they've gone into a January lull, which mm-hmm. is really inexplicable, but it is what it is. You know. At, fourth year into this thing, you kind of condition yourself to almost expect it.
1: Before you go too far into that, I just want to bring up the schedule. So the next few games the Cavaliers have, you Mm -hmm. mentioned a January law. This might not stop for a while. Mm. They have Golden State on Monday. They have Orlando, who keeps playing them tough on Thursday. Then they play OKC. They play at San Antonio. They play this Indiana team again. Two games against Detroit. And then uh, against Miami, who is surging right now, mm. so this might go on. This this
0: lull might go on for a this, while. This this winter might feel a little colder. Yes. So uh, I, I
1: apologize, but go ahead. With your, but I just wanted but, to get that but, in
0: there. You know, and, and you mentioned that we're going to play Orlando, and I I, I like the, uh, that you said that because I want to use them on kind of example, and also like the teams that we played. We played Orlando. Um, we played Indiana last night. Uh, some of the. Lesser teams. I'm not saying they're not good, but um, on paper, they're not on the level of the Cavaliers. Right. Um, What's really bothering me is that there's no effort to do the things that are necessary to win. Like For example, I'm tired of screaming at the TV simply because our front court uh, refuses to jump. When someone is driving towards the basket just to show, just to try to alter the shot. I don't see any of that at all. Any of that at all. Um, I don't see a lot of effort on the rebounding. Um, bo- boxing out. Um, if you're a Kevin Love, you can't afford to not box out because you're not a, bit, a great jumper as it is. You're not a great leaper. So you have to box out in order to get the tough rebounds. Um, I see there are plenty of the Cavs getting like the easy rebounds when the other team takes off and all you have to do is just catch the ball coming off the rim. But those game-changing ones, like there was one last night. Uh, I forgot who shot the ball, but the Cavaliers' possession shot the ball. And Kyle Korver... And I believe Kevin Love tried to get the rebound. Now, I have to give Kyle Corver credit. He tried to box out his man, which was Lance Stevenson. But on the box out, three Indiana Pacers swarmed the basket, jumped to get that rebound, and Lance Stevenson literally jumped over Kyle Corver. Like,
1: don't it, it, clarify that though. That jump over Kyle Corver was a foul,
0: it was a foul. But the whole he, he play- landed on Kyle Ri, right. but the point is three pacers swarmed a basket to get the
1: rebound that's how they play but that's you can't blame that on Kevin Love because Kevin Love can't box
0: out three people well no 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 I'm not blaming that what I'm what I'm getting at is that Indiana from the first minute to the last minute keep in mind Indiana was down by 20 points twice in this game-hmm okay they won by two mm-hmm Indiana kept that effort up regardless of what the score said. That's what they do. That's what they have to do to win. They have to hustle. They have to go after every rebound like it's the last. And that's why they find themselves in the playoff hunt along with Victor Oladipo's play. The Cavaliers, on the other hand, if you watch on any given night, you don't see that determination to get the rebound. You don't see a lot of determination. From everybody to stay in front of your man. You just don't see the urgency. Uh, there were a couple of times last night when, uh, on transition, Kevin Love just refused to run. Like, it took like three seconds just for him to get in front. He didn't get knocked down or anything, he's just slow. And that's not gonna, that's not gonna, like, it, that's not gonna help come. I'm not even thinking about June right now, I'm thinking about late April, May.
1: But, okay, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm fully mm-hmm. agreeing with you that there's a lack of effort and energy and all that stuff. Think about the teams that have completely bludgeoned the Cavaliers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Indiana beats us regularly. They're a young team. Mm-hmm. Toronto smacked us to the ground the other night. They're Without their, what, starting point guard or starting power forward. Mm-hmm. They're a young team. Yep. It was them giving effort and energy. Mm-hmm. So all these times I say I don't want to trade the pick, It's because I want to add youth to this team. This team needs to get younger with young legs, young energy, young guys that don't know any better, that they don't know how to coast. They just know how to go out there and play with effort and energy.
0: And, you know, I feel you are not trading the pick. You know, I'll be honest. I go back and forth on it, and I understand that if that pick is going to leave our hands, something extravagant has to come back. It has to. Um, and it can't be temporary. It can't be a rental. It has to be something right. that's going to stick around for at least two to three years. Right.
1: Well, look at what Chetty does when he's on the floor. He's not a, a great player. He's a he's a hustle player. He's giving effort and energy. He he plays hard. Right. And that's what the Cavs need. And that's what will keep those three on one offensive rebounds from from yeah. happening.
0: And for anybody that doesn't know, uh, Adam and I are huge uh, Jetty fans. Really. I'm
1: a bigger fan of his than his mother.
0: <laughs> and now let me ask you a question. If the Cavs last night in those final three minutes would have had four Chetties and a LeBron, they win that game. See, I didn't even have to finish my sentence. You already know. So that tells you a lot. Now he's he's a he's a rookie, okay? Still getting his feet wet in the league. That tells you a lot about what's going on with the rest of this team. And I don't know if it's like I I'm I I could put uh some blame on Lou, but not all of it. Because I don't understand why like on Tuesday it's okay for them to, you know, move without the ball, hustle, stay in front of their man, fight for rebounds, get floor burns, uh diving for balls. But then come Thursday, eh, now nah, we're not gonna do that. And last year that was a main that was a huge concern for a lot of fans because the Cavs just never really switched it on defensively. Now it's like, okay, the roster looks better to a certain extent. What's the problem? And maybe we are too old. Father Tom is undefeated. Except Tom Brady. His time coming too. <laughs> I promise. Like I ain't, ain't going to put a, a, a date to that, but it's coming. I guarantee it. Um, but Father, you know, in the NBA, Father Time is undefeated. And, is true. and you mentioned, you know, you talked about the Brooklyn pick and making something has to be done if we want a championship. Like if we really want to strengthen our chances of getting a championship this year and not concede it to, you know, Boston or Toronto, we have to do something. And what frightens me is that. Normally, we could bank on a trade, uh, especially with David Griffin. We, we, we knew that something was coming along. I don't know what it is that they can do. You know, I've, I've been on the trade machine like crazy, trying to figure out, like, what can they do without sacrificing this pick? And there's not a lot because there are going to be teams. The, the Cavs, You know what the Cavs' biggest problem this year in terms of roster moves? There are too many good teams. There are too many good teams to where they're not going to ha- try to help the Cavaliers by giving them uh, a strong asset. Like you got teams, especially in the East, who aren't in the top eight, but they're still in the playoff hunt. And they and they they desperately need to make the playoffs. Uh, like, for example, you know, you have like the Philadelphias, who they're not going to – obviously, they're not going to trade with the Cavaliers. Right. They've been out of the playoffs for how long? It's been a while. So they're going to do everything they possibly can to make the playoff. And even teams like Oklahoma City, they're struggling. They've been hovering around five hundred since the beginning of the season. But are they really going to do something that would help the Cavaliers? When I mean, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, they're still All-Stars right. despite their record. And you never know what's going to happen, at least in the first round of the playoffs, if they make it. New Orleans, they have no – Incentive to get rid of Boogie Cousins. They're in the playoff hunt. Look at Chicago. As bad as they've been. They are one seven game winning streak from being in it. And with the parody that's going on, especially in the East, I I, I wouldn't count them out. Not 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 at this point. Ask me again in March. <laughs> so they're dark. The only team that you know <laughs> is not even thinking about the playoffs, not even thinking about the postseason, already putting uh, effort into next year's draft, Dallas Mavericks. They suck. They're boo-boo.
1: They're actually not that. They're seven games out of the playoffs in the West.
0: Okay. Now, oh, Chicago. Who, who has the worst record in the league? Uh, Atlanta still. Atlanta. Okay. All right. I knew there was somebody out that there that's absolutely terrible. I'm sorry, Dallas. I'm sorry, Dallas fans. It was Atlanta. Atlanta is boo-boo. Uh, they're terrible. Um, There's a few teams that are pretty pretty bad. Orlando is
1: half a game better than Atlanta.
0: Well, but here's the difference between Orlando and Atlanta, though. Or- Orlando and Atlanta. Yeah.
1: Oh, Orlando is trying. I, right. Orlando time. is trying. They're just so bad that them trying is not very good.
0: And plus, like, they still have talent that's still fairly young. Yes. Like, if I'm a GM for Orlando, I really don't. I don't know why Evan Fournier's uh, name has been tossed around. He's good. And I mean, he tortures the Cavs. He's good.
1: Random people torch the Cavs for. Right.
0: Friendly. Like, and, and he's consistently good. He shoots well from the three point uh from the three point line. Uh, He scores consistently, um, and he puts in a lot of effort on the defensive end. I wouldn't want to get rid of him. So it's like, well, how can I go to Orlando and try to pry that away? Well, the only thing that could get any real GM to listen is giving up that pick that I don't want to give up.
1: And I think that's part of the problem also is that if if the Cavs wanted to give up the Brooklyn pick, I think that they could make any number of trades. Mm Mm-hmm. The fact is that the Cavaliers are struggling, look to be a mess, and everyone knows they have that Brooklyn pick. So they can fleece them for an asset they know they have when they're in a situation they know they don't want to be in. So it's one of those, I, if the Cavs were the top team in the, the East mm-hmm. or the top team in the NBA, I don't think they'd be as big of an issue. Uh, well, they wouldn't need need to make a trade, obviously, but. If they didn't have the Brooklyn pick, I think it'd be easier to make a trade because people wouldn't fleece them for the asset. If the Cavs were doing well, I think they could make a trade easier because they wouldn't look desperate. Um, But with the situation they're in now, they look desperate, and people know they have the asset. And uh, the Clippers have been playing well. People keep mentioning DeAndre Jordan. But the Clippers have been playing well. So them playing well, the Cavs being desperate, and the the Clippers knowing that the Cavs have that pick, it's basically a waiting game. The Clippers right. are sitting there saying, all right, we we're we got everyone injured, but we're still playing well. So if you want us to kind of re- basically tank the rest of the season, we need that pick back.
0: And even with all that, like DeAndre Jordan would definitely improve our post defense, and I think will revitalize our rebounding, especially if you put him on the long – if you put Kevin Love back into the power forward spot um, – but I don't know if Kevin Love is – I mean, I'm sorry, not Kevin Love. DeAndre Jordan is the difference maker in terms of a seven-game series with the Warriors. Uh, I just don't know. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. Um, you know, th- a couple of things would improve, but Zaja Petuya isn't the person that you're uh, scouting when you're getting ready for Golden State.
1: You know where I think DeAndre Jordan would be – a difference maker Hmm. against Golden State Hmm. is as a second unit player.
0: I could agree with that. I could agree with that. But, you know, I still, you know, worry about our backcourt defense and still just kind of worry like those are the dynamos that we have to worry about. Uh, Of course, talking about Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Right. Um, Now, in my fury in, in terms of researching the trade machine, I did come up with one trade where we could get rid of the Brooklyn pick, and to a certain extent, it might make sense. But I the disagree. return – I disagree with that, but it's a good trade nonetheless. Right. But the, and it's based on the return and the reason why you would have to give up the pick. So the trade I came up with would give us Paul George, Evan Fournier, Tyson Chandler and the throw in uh, King Birch from uh, Orlando. Uh, it's a, I think his second or third string center. And I, of course, anybody listening to that is probably laughing. Like, okay, how did you make that work? Like, well, simple. The most important not part simple, of sh- but yeah, <laughs> the yeah. most important part of this trade is not giving up Tristan Thompson. It's not giving up Amon Shumpert. Channing Frye is not even involved. It's Kevin Love. I would send Kevin Love to Oklahoma City to bring in Paul George. And why would they do that? Well, well, record-wise, I mean, they haven't come together like they thought they would. Um, and Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook might be a dynamic pair-up. Stockton them alone, Yeah, exactly. And then Carmelo Anthony's still waiting out on the wings to uh, put up, you know, um, 45 shots a game. <laughs> Four shots, yeah. <laughs> but Oklahoma, what Oklahoma City, what Oklahoma City would like about that is that they would still have Kevin Love for two years after this season. So instead of worrying about losing Paul George, they have a player that they can still contend with on the roster uh, for another couple of years. Um, they would also receive uh, J.R. Smith. You bring Evan to the Cavaliers, you don't need J.R. Smith anymore. You just don't. Um, I don't, and I wouldn't even fool around bringing him off the bench, because uh, his attitude this year seems to be a little shaky, um, and I don't know why, um, but he, he he just seems to be off a little bit. Um, Orlando is where Tristan Thompson would end up, along with a couple of no names from Oklahoma City to balance out salaries, um, and then the Phoenix Suns who would be involved uh, uh, for you know that's how we would get Tyson Chandler. They would get Iman Shumpert, Jay Crowder, and uh, another throw in Jay Isaac. Uh, pom-
1: he's actually another throw. He's he's the uh, their most recent lottery pick. Right,
0: right, and um, so why would Phoenix do that? Well, they're young. Uh, they have picks. Um, Jay Crowder is affordable. Uh, he's an affordable rotation player, and there aren't a lot of affordable rotation players right now in the NBA. There are a lot of overpaid rotational players. Um, and Amon Shumpert, after this year, he only has one more year on a manageable $10 million contract, which could be used as a filler if they really wanted to make a trade next, next season, an uh, expiring contract. Um, on this trade, Orlando would be the one to get the uh, Brooklyn pick because, um, you know, we will need them to facilitate it, and, you know, they may not be thrilled with taking Tristan Thompson. They certainly don't need him. So they would need a reason to even be involved. Well, the pick would probably rain the GM's uh, ears. And so what you would get is a starting lineup that may include uh, Tyson Chandler at center. Uh, you would have Paul George at small forward or uh, shooting guard, LeBron James on the wings as well. Um, Evan Fournier out there. And I will not start Isaiah Thomas with that lineup. Um, Jose Calderon, I think, could handle Who you it. love. But, you know what? I do love him now. Especially <laughs> after last night. I'm like, it is no coincidence that the game was close last night when they started Jose Calderon.
1: Yeah.
0: that Like, after getting <laughs> after getting blown out and beat up last week. So... And I look at that and you still got Dwayne Wade, you know, Derrick Rose, Jeff Green, um, Kyle Corver. That's still a formidable bench that you have. And I will I would take my chances with that in, in the playoffs. You have now long uh wings, athletic wings that could play along with LeBron, get out on the fast break, and play to the effort that you expect out of a championship contender.
1: No. One of the things that I had about that trade is rebounding then disappears. Tyson Chandler is your only big, he's your only rebounder. Yeah. Um, mean, even off the bench. It he's, is a risk. He's yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to consider with something like that is the salaries that would need to be given out in the summer. You're dealing with Paul George who'll want a max contract, LeBron who'll want a max contract, and Isaiah Thomas who'll want a max contract.
0: Well, two of them might actually get what they want.
1: Well, there's still three big contracts given out. True.
0: But, see, if I got that lineup, I can send, and and there's no disrespect to him, but I can send Isaiah Thomas on his merry way. Like, look, I know you have a certain number in your head. You're the one that told Boston to back the Brinks truck up. Uh, I know that there's a certain amount that you're looking for. Go out on the free market. Go get it, young man. Not, Not even going to hate on you. Go ahead and get it. We just can't be the ones to give it to you. Like, if LeBron stays, Paul George stays in that scenario, and you got Evan for three years, you can find a point guard to work within that at, at an affordable price.
1: So let me throw this other curveball at you with this. Okay. Let's say this trade gets made. Mm-hmm. A trade that I like, by the way. It's it's one of the better ones, better hypotheticals I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's no rumors involved with this, but uh, – Hypotheticals, it's, uh, I do like it. That's all we do is hypothetical. Right. <laughs> um, so let's say LeBron leaves. Okay. Paul George is going to leave also. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas is probably going to leave also. Jeff Green, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, uh, those guys will also leave.
0: Mm-hmm. What then? You're just going to have to suck for one year. And in Cleveland, that's not very hard. That's not something that we're we're, uh, we're not used to just might have to suck for a year.
1: But with this, your best player going forward is Evan Fournier. And you don't have a draft pick. This We have a, your your mm-hmm. 20-something draft pick. You don't have a draft pick next year. And you don't have any real cap space available to – well, it would be Cleveland, so no one will want to come anyway.
0: Well, this isn't a scenario we haven't been in before. Like, you know, LeBron did leave before. And it was hard watching that team. Yeah, but hard. we had,
1: we had the number one pick yeah. three, out of those yeah. four years, yeah. and we earned that, right? Okay? Right. <laughs> people,
0: if you don't, want, you know, I, I get into this argument. I, I hate when people call me a bandwagon fan. Like, I cannot be a bandwagon fan when your starting point guard at one time was Booby Gibson, and I actually sat there and watched it. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, that's not a bandwagon fan. Mm-hmm. Like when you you know you're watching games. Uh, hoping that Alonzo G has a good offensive uh, show, <laughs> showing in any particular game, that that you earn your stripes when you go through that, um, and if that's what it takes, um, I guess for the chance to really contend for a chance, because they don't come often. Well, especially like, not here. Look, and and, and I'm going to change sports for a second to make a good example. Let, look at the Cleveland Indians. That's the team I can speak of because I'm not a huge baseball – I'm a casual baseball fan. So I do pay attention to what the Indians do. They were the World Series favorites last year, right? And there were moves that they could have made to really solidify that. But they didn't because they're conservative by nature. Um, They like to hold on to their farm talent. And when it came time, you know, they were two up against New York Yankees. And then they lost the next three to get eliminated. And that team shouldn't have got eliminated, not with the pitching and hitting that they had. My point is, the reason the Indians keep missing out is because when they have an opportunity to really solidify their chances of winning a championship, they think so much about the future that they sacrifice the now. And now... Within the last 15 years, we really should be talking about at least two championships from the Indians. But because of their conservative nature, it never happened. Whereas other teams have gone out and made major moves, and those are teams that end up in the World Series and win every, every single year. So going, getting back to the Cavaliers, I understand that this draft coming up is loaded, it is loaded. Starting with your favorite guy, Trey Young. And Trey Young. And I'm not even a big college basketball fan for probably silly reasons, but I'm not it's just I can only watch so much basketball, right? Um, but I have like seen highlights and checked out Trey Young a couple of times. That boy is good. That boy is, is terrific. If he came to the Cavaliers, um, somebody have to see if some you know, some goat was sacrificed or something <laughs> like that. Uh, because right now it doesn't look like we'll contend for the top three picks. And I don't I don't even know if at the eighth pick you have a chance at Trey Young. Some you know, somebody's gonna snatch him up. I can't see him going past four, no matter what team uh is drafting. Um so looking at that, I'm like uh, it the question is, are you willing to sacrifice the now for a future that's very uncertain. Some people will say yes, some people say no. I haven't even decided yet. This is this trade that I came up with. I, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the pick until I actually finished it, and I looked at it, I'm like Orlando wouldn't do that at all without without that pick. They wouldn't even consider it. They have no reason to. No, I, I think Orlando
1: might do that trade with. The Cavaliers pick, not necessarily the Brooklyn pick.
0: Hmm. And we don't talk enough about the Cavaliers pick. No it's, one talks about that. Especially as much as they're losing right now. It could be a, a team pick. Well my, well, my thing is, everyone is saying this draft class is deep. And I saw a mock draft where, at, with the Cavaliers pick, guess who they would pick? Who they have? Grayson, uh, Guy out of Duke. Grayson Allen? Yes. Yeah. At 25 26 27 28 that's not bad you you take your chance on that so if, if the if the draft is going to be that deep next year why wouldn't another team say okay cap give us your give us your first round pick in fact the draft's supposed to be so deep you, there might actually be some value in having second round picks especially high second round picks mm-hmm. next year so you know, everyone talks about the Brooklyn pick, I, I, and I wonder why doesn't anybody say, "Well, why can't we sacrifice the uh, our own pick?" I would sac. You know what? If if the Clippers said, "Look, we'll give you DeAndre Jordan, if you give us your own pick, we'll do it." I would do that. I would absolutely do that. Right. But well, nobody talks about. It. They really think that they have to give up the the Brooklyn pick to make that happen. I'm like, I don't think so. I really don't um so you know let's we'll see what happens but uh you know this is a funny feeling right now this is it, it a storm's a brewing <laughs> so to speak mm-hmm. in terms of the calves immediate future i can't tell which which direction they're going to go in and for the first time that scares me it's like when they suck it doesn't bother me other than the fact that, you know, I've I watched bad basketball. Because I, I, another direction that they're going in. They can only go up. You know, the last couple of years, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're not perfect, but they are clearly the best team in the conference. Now it's like, they're supposed to be the best team in the conference, but now they're the third seed with uh, – who's the fourth seed? Washington?
1: Uh, I want to say it was uh – yeah, it was Washington. Yeah. Um, with Miami coming close.
0: I think they're flip-flopping. I think yeah, it is, as as it's as Miami
1: right now, number four, right. Washington, number five. Right. Half game keep, between them.
0: Right. That's why they keep flip-flopping. Yeah. And look at Washington. If New Orleans slips even a little bit, they may consider trading Boogie Cousins, and I know Washington would want to make that. They, I know Washington would seriously consider some type of trade. They have to be able to let go of, of a couple of their wings, but that's something that you would consider. And watch John Wall with uh, Demarcus Cousins. I'm not saying that would take over the East, but that would give us problems
1: because we haven't
0: found we haven't found the way to defend a decent big yet. We ha- hell, we can't even keep second stream uh, guards from getting into the paint, let alone the All Star Center. So you know, what do you what do you do?
1: See, my biggest fear is that the way things are going right now, LeBron is going to flex his muscles and push Kobe Altman into doing something short-sighted and stupid, like trading the Brooklyn pick, like trading uh, Chetty. Those two things, I think, are very short-sighted for an opportunity that might not even bring LeBron back. That's where I think is the, the key. I don't think you can put all your eggs in the basket today for a few extra raffle tickets to win a lottery instead of, I guess, hedging your bets and, and planning for a future without them. Because we, if we trade this Brooklyn pick, we're not getting the number one pick. We don't have picks in two of the years, two of the three years after. So I, I, I think you gotta plan for it. And honestly, watching the, the way these teams are playing right now, we don't have the youth that that allows the older guys to take a little bit of time off. We don't have the youth that Goes extra hard for those rebounds and and diving on the floor and playing extra hard on defense. There are too many games where it looks like these guys just don't care. And the truth of the matter is they've been doing this for the last couple of years. And it it looks like they're coasting until the playoffs. And LeBron has said that himself. The team has said that themselves, that they go into times when they're just coasting. And that's how you get losing, what, seven out of the last ten? Whereas young teams like uh, Toronto and Orlando and... Uh, The Brooklyn Nets and Indiana, they're beating us because they're giving more effort. They're not better. They're just giving more effort, and that youth is important. So whether LeBron comes back or not, we need that youth, and that's why I'm so – I can't hedge my bets. and I have to hedge my bets and prepare for a future whether LeBron is here or not.
0: And you know who I think is 100% with you right now? Who's that? Dan Gilbert. Oh, Dan Gilbert doesn't want to get rid of that pick. Right. He he
1: I, I know for a fact he doesn't want and to get rid of
0: And he showed pick. he showed me a lot during the offseason where, you know, that Paul George trade almost uh, went through with mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving being traded away. Cause that was even I don't even though Kyrie had let it be known, like, yeah, I want to be traded. That was a proactive move looking at the future. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I want to contend this year. If it doesn't work out, then we start over. But I really want to contend it. That was a proactive move. Yeah. Since then, not that we ever hear a lot from Gilbert, but we really haven't heard much at all in, in terms of leaks from the front office. Like the, the, the Tristan Thompson being traded, which start, which is starting to trend now. That's the first time I, I've really seen those type of leaks come out this season.
1: And I, I think that's because people realize that he's the only. He's the contract that is expendable. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it it looks good on paper. No one wants Tristan Thompson. Right. The Kardashians want Tristan Thompson, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I I think it's a lazy leak or a lazy assumption that Tristan Thompson will get traded. I want him gone, number mm-hmm. one. But I don't think anyone else wants
0: him. And that's unfortunate, because you know,
1: do you want a baby giraffe?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. All right, then, so (laughs) why would anyone else? (laughs) Um, Now, there are some players uh, that have popped up that I would love for the Cavs. You know, if we keep Tristan Thompson and just find some creative way of getting, you know, someone like a Larry Nance Jr., I jumped out of my chair when I saw, like, that he might be available. And it's not because of nostalgia. It's not because his dad is one of my favorite Cavaliers of all time. Larry Nance Jr. can play. That boy can play. He can jump. He can run. He's a pretty decent scorer, and he plays with a high level of effort, the same effort this team desperately needs. Absolutely. That's a guy who, when LeBron is motivated, he can keep up with him. Um, And his contract is only, like, what, $4 million?
1: No, he's on a rookie deal. He's oh, still getting under deal? two. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Julius Randle's about four and a half.
0: Now, the problem is <laughs> – and I, it's so funny that we got ourselves in that corner. You, so you say like, well, he's only two million dollars. Why can't you make that trade? I like because the problem is your one and two million dollar players on the roster are veterans that yeah. LeBron would probably be a little upset if we got rid of. Like if if we if Kobe Alman even thought about saying, "Hey, we'll just send Dwayne Wade," no.
1: that con-
0: that no. contract. No, see, if we would we would literally see a mushroom cloud at downtown Cleveland if that were to happen. Yeah. Okay. And we would never hear the end of it. And the speculation that LeBron is leaving, which is ridiculous, because to be honest, I mean, I I like Dwayne Wade, but if I had a chance to get younger and get like a Larry Nash Jr. No,
1: no, 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 no. no. Okay. I, you trade Dwayne Wade to the Lakers. LeBron's going there next year.
0: Well, yeah. I know. I know. I I like I said, there would be a mushroom cloud in downtown. I already I already know this. But in the perfect world, like if LeBron's like, "No, nah, I'm I'm Captain Cleveland. and I'm staying till I'm retiring," and you're looking at a trade, like you know, let's get we need to get younger, so that we can keep up with Boston and Toronto and Indiana. This would be a good trade. Derrick Rose, send him out first. Okay, you send Derrick Rose, but why would the Lakers take Derrick Rose? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking about trading Dwayne Wade? I mean, at least Dwayne Wade puts people in the seats to watch him. I mean, at least he's a name. Derrick Rose, everybody, he's a, he's a laughing stock now.
1: Derrick Rose has more MVPs than Dwayne Wade. Checkmate.
0: Well, thank you for joining us on this week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even argue that. I can't even argue that. No, I'm, a- I'm, I'm completely agreeing with you that,
1: that it's, it's hard to trade. And that's why I'm, I, I would love to get Larry Nance Jr., I worry that he's the kind of guy that the Lakers would say, All right, take dang." And then that way you could get rid of Tristan. Oof. Which would be
0: ugly. Boy. Taking Lual Dang would be a mouthful. And uh, and in, and in that you're you're losing like, well, you're losing a baby giraffe, but you're also losing a big man. And I'm never a fan of of, of losing a big man. Like I don't want to get rid of Tristan Thompson to just get smaller. I'm not a big fan of that because you still need somebody in the post. I like trading like for like when it comes to bigs. So if I'm getting rid of Tristan Thompson, then yes, I want someone like a DeAndre Jordan. Hey, I, I take Nerlens Noel. Noel um, simply because I feel like he gives a, a much better effort on the rebounding end. And when he's not
1: eating fried chicken. <laughs> you know, now hot dogs. It was a hot dog? Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> a hot dog. My apologies.
0: Like, and we got pretty good hot dogs here in Cleveland, so you m- might become distracted. Sean Kemp? <laughs> you know, and we also got some good barbecue, to, you know, because he's still coming in at 220. He's still going through puberty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will still take Nerland's Noel over Tristan Thompson. So, if, like I said, if we get rid of Tristan, it, for me, it has to be like for like, because there's no point in creating new problems. Um... Unless you know, if you want to trade Tristan Thompson, if you want to drug the GM for Oklahoma City and trade Tristan Thompson for Paul George, by all means, go ahead and do it. Wow, I think that might you know. Wait, wait, you just told me that I think it might trade
1: Derrick Rose
0: (laughs) for Larry Nance Jr. was crazy, but see, I just threw a disclaimer in there. And you just (laughs) mentioned Tristan Thompson (laughs) for Paul George. Hey, but you have to drug their GM. You have to. You, you're gonna to have to drop some ecstasy in this ginger you, ale. You you would have to, you would
1: have to threaten this man's life, <laughs> and the lives of his wife and children to even come. He'd still take that bullet. <laughs> Tristan Thompson for Paul George will not happen. Right, but that's ever in the history of the world. <laughs>
0: no, never.
1: That Absolutely. ESPN trade machine will blow up if you try to put that in there.
0: That's it, just not it, no. It, you know what? And I forgot to write it down on my notes, but I did want to ask you. Do you think it would be a first do you think it would be a good idea to explore um going after Marcus Soul? Actually that should have been my second question. My first question should be is is Marcus Soul available?
1: Yes, Marcus Soul is available. Yes, it would be worthwhile to go after him. If I need some cave, caveats in here. It depends on what the Cavaliers want to do and who it would take to get him. I would not trade the broken pick for Marc Gasol. Mm-hmm. I would not allow Tyron Lue to remain the coach for Marc Gasol. Um, but if they went in a slightly different direction, if, if Lue gets fired like I was told he would early in this year, if Lue gets fired and someone like Larry Drew is the interim coach and they get a new coach in the summer – Yes, I would trade for Marc Gasol. Um, as long as they committed to bringing in youth as well, I would I would bring in Marc Gasol. You think we could get Marc Gasol and Tyreek Evans? Because I know that he's available too. No, not without the broken pick. No. Uh. Um, they like Tyreek Evans. Obviously, he's putting up good numbers. Uh, they still have what thirty million dollars a year for Mike Conley as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting rid of your two, I guess, best performers without getting something pretty great in return. I mean, I, Memphis has proven to be a pretty stupid franchise. Mm-hmm. So it's possible. It's not like trading uh Tristan Thompson for uh, Paul George. Um but it would be close. Um so getting it it would take the Brooklyn pick probably taking on someone like uh Parsons as well since he's been terrible there. Um and I don't think the Cavs have enough cap. Sp- well, I don't think they have enough contracts to to get Gasol and Parsons. What's that close to fifty million dollars?
0: You would take Parsons on this team?
1: No, I'm saying like that's what that's what Memphis that's would what say Memphis you need to do to get Gasol and Evans. What hmm.
0: um, really happened to Parsons, man? That's-
1: he got overhyped and got paid. Uh, yeah, he got <laughs> he got really overhyped. Um, and then what in, knee injuries, back-to-back years, another series of injuries this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought he was that good. He was actually a free agent the year that – uh was it, 2014, the year LeBron came back because mm-hmm. um, it was supposed to be Gordon Hayward or uh, Chandler Parsons were going to be get pursued. Uh, right, to, to pair mess up with, with Kyrie Irving. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I'm, that's a bullet they definitely dodged. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Um, David Fizdale, Tyronn Lue. Yes, I do have the feeling that if the Cavs are going to fire Tyron, uh Tyron Lue, it's going to be this month.
1: I was yeah. told February. February in in October. You I mean was told after February.
0: after the trade deadline or after
1: the All Star game. I was just told February. Okay, but that again, I was told that in October, so things could have changed. It could have been whatever, but I was told he lost the team in October. He would be fired by February.
0: That's what I was told. Well, with David Fisdale out there, do the Cavs have that luxury to wait that long? No. Because um, I like I like Larry Drew, but I don't want to hand the team over to an interim coach already on our bench. Um, it I, I, You have to know who your replacement is going to be right? if you're going to make that move. And you have a coach right there. It, it, it's funny. A lot of people say, like, uh, LeBron James would listen to Fizdale, So d- could that be
1: sped up a little bit? It would need to be sped up, but it's one of those things. I, I do think changing coaches I, – I do think anything other than an interim coach who's already on your bench is harder to integrate than a new player. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's your whole offensive and defensive systems. So, yes, I think Fisdale would be who I want him to replace him with. Um, There is nobody else, realistically, that I would want to come in and be the coach of the Cavaliers other than Dave Fisdale right now. Um, But because he would bring in a new system, new offensive and defensive sets, probably want to bring in new assistants,
0: that would be a very awkward thing to do. So that's something you would have to do right before. If you're going to wait till February, you have to do that right before All-Star break, so just so you can have a, a lull in the schedule to bring all that together. You can't you can't fire Lou right in the middle of a week, bring in another coach, and expect that everything's going to be fixed like you just said immediately. But you at least want some time for him to call. Or he might be fine with the assistance that we have um, to come in and do what he has to do. And and it's not like having a new coach in the middle of a season is is unprecedented. I mean, we already did it once. Right. And now there was one time. I'm sure there's been many times that's happened, but the, the one main time that happened that I can think about is San Antonio when uh, Greg Popovich fired the coach and made himself the coach and the rest is history. Um so it can happen. Um I just
1: But all of those examples are people that were already in the franchise. Right, right. What the Cavs Cavs should have done is as soon as Fisdale was fired, bring him in as a consultant, as an advanced scout, as a something for the team. And then that way he could get integrated to the franchise and you could basically have Lou tutor his own replacement. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I would have done. I don't think Fisdale was interested in that, and I, I, I don't know, but that's what I would have done. I would have brought in Fitzdale. Even as an assistant, he's an
0: awesome asset to have. Hmm. Um, now, I w- you know what? If I'm not getting paid millions, um, and you want to bring me in as some advanced scout, you seen his wife, right? No. Oh, 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 it's, I was really surprised by the hotness of Google his, wife. his wife. Go ahead. Unfortunately, this is not a television show so we can show the audience. But she's quite beautiful, and I'm thinking I would not want to leave her to go be an advanced scout on the other side of the country. You're going to have to make me a head coach at, at, at a pretty decent salary for well,
1: her. Don't forget, Tyron Lue was the highest-paid assistant coach mm-hmm. before he got the, the head coaching job. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Dan Gilbert owns a casino and a shady mortgage company. He can definitely afford to pay, <laughs> uh, afford to pay somebody. Um, so I guess basically my what I would have done would be a chess move, not a checkers move, mm-hmm. of bringing in Fisdale so that no one else can get him. Because there's also rumors that the Lakers want to hire Fisdale after getting rid of... Uh, right, and see, that's what I'm worried about.
0: That's what I'm worried about. Now, I think it would be foolish for The Lakers to fire Luke Walton. I think, in, uh, and you know, we've had many conversations about Lonzo Ball. I think, I can't stand his like, if he knew that he was going to find himself in this situation, he may have second guessed leaving Golden State at that point.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And, like, and it's sad because Lonzo Ball is a talented player. If LeVar was not in the picture, I think Luke would actually be in, he would enjoy. With what he what he has right now, a bunch of young guys who just need to learn how to win. Like, man, I just need a veteran or two, and we might mm-hmm. take this thing off. Now it's like, you, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure he's taking a couple of Excedrin every day.
1: <laughs> he's embracing his father's medicinal suggestions,
0: right? And, and it seems like every other cast that we do, uh, we somehow end up on LeVar Ball, and that's because his ridiculousness just doesn't find an end. And, now, you know, since we last did a cast, um, he's taken his boys out of school and sent them overseas to Lithuania. And there are people in this country, there are people who call themselves basketball fans and aficionados who actually thought that this was a good idea. They don't see anything wrong with it. They're like, yeah, it'll help them get better. How? They're playing against... 7th grade C team. That is not a good league that they're playing in. And people are easily impressed when, between the two of them, they scored 29 points in their first game. i like, what do you do? Because uh, they had a game today, didn't they not?
1: I purposely ignore anything related to them.
0: Well, from what I hear, they weren't <laughs> nearly as impressive. And it doesn't shock me. i like, they're not... You know, you've you you you've seen some of the debates that I've had, and my I'm going to stick with what I think. You cannot become a better player playing against inferior talent because you will always outdo them.
1: I'm sorry. Uh, David
0: Fizdale is not an unhappy man. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> but now, let me ask you, and, I, and we're both married <laughs> men here, but we also, you know, like... Beautiful women, we enjoy looking at them and that's about it. If you were David Fisdale, would you leave her to go clear across the country to be a special assistant? I mean, is she on house arrest? She can't travel? She wanna come she wanna come she wanna be out here in this snow blizzard? gabriel Union does it. Savannah does
1: it. Chloe Kardashian does it.
0: Hold well, on. That once again brings plan. us to the end of this podcast. But um Okay. All right. Kay. Hell, he can scout in Los Angeles. I guess so. It's
1: basically just giving him a title to be in the organization, so no one else can hire him. That that was my my whole you. point. with that. I got you. I got you. Give him a give him a token job so that no one else can hire him. I,
0: I feel you. I feel you. Now, you know back to the idiot and his sons. Uh, yeah. You know, I got into um debate saying like, look, he they're going to look good in lithuania because the league that they're playing in does not have great talent it's not a real professional league it's the equivalent of holding your son back so that in little league hockey they can play against smaller younger kids and it's, look it's, it's
1: not even that it's wow um for anyone that doesn't know, University School is where both Sean and I went to to school. Yes, um, our mascot is Prescott Prepper. Look it up;
0: it's, it's fun. Literally,
1: Prescott Prepper.
0: <laughs>
1: so, think in your mind a mascot called Prescott Prepper and the type of talent that would that invokes. Be, yes. <laughs> so imagine you are a we'll say generously top 50 recruit in a sport and you play against Prescott Prepper, that would even be better than this Lithuanian competition that they're playing against.
0: Right. Right. And you're not going to convince me that when it's all said and done, these two guys, um, they would probably be in separate drafts if they, if, if they were to come out, um, which I'm sure they would. You cannot convince me that either one of these guys is a part of the top 60 players in the, in the world. Even the youngest one. Because he did it... Like, he did what he did. And uh, who's, the, who's the... Jello, right? No, Mello. Jello
1: is, Jello is the middle one. Yeah, Mello, Mello is, is the youngest, youngest
0: one. one. So, Mello, he did what he did in circumstances where they played garbage teams and they just pass in the ball every time. Like... It's not like he played Oak Hill Academy. So. I don't think they played them once. No. Like, tell me the top player that Melo has played against.
1: Where it make you say, oh. He has played Zion Williamson. I, I will say that. They didn't guard each other, but he he quote unquote played against
0: them. even then, how tall is Zion?
1: He's about six. Zion Williamson is a decent prospect. Exactly.
0: I, I, I don't think he's
1: going to be an elite NBA player, but he's uh-huh. he's a quality guy that will raise your eyebrows and say, OK, he, he's a he's a good
0: one. Right. There's something there. there. There's there's clearly something there.
1: But like I said, they didn't go against each other. It mm-hmm. wasn't a mano a mano kind of thing. It was a my team versus your team. This is a, a highlight blockbuster event for whatever high school basketball blockbuster mm-hmm. events go for.
0: Right. So that's that's one.
1: That's one that I can think of.
0: And even though it's high school, the the level of competition, if you're if you're truly a top player and you're trying to showcase your talents, you're playing against at least decent schools. The level of talent in those schools is higher than what they're playing against now. Yes. And that's my point.
1: And the other thing that people tend to, I guess, oversell in this is that, yes, there are grown men, yes, there are quote-unquote professionals on the the team that they're on, and they play against quote-unquote professionals as well, but these professionals are guys that would be your bartender if they were in the United States. They're guys that would be your dry cleaner. They would be your Uber driver. These aren't guys that are one shot away from the NBA or one shot away from even the G League these are guys that like, might have been on your high school team in, at university school that happened to be tall enough or strong enough or whatever. They're, they're not talented individuals. Yeah,
0: these are guys who would probably not last past one round of 21 basketball. You would see, you would see them play once. You probably, if they're on your team, you'd probably be on the losing end, and then you would not pick that guy again to play the next round. So the I just don't see how they're going to get better in the situation that they're in. Uh, and I, I know for a fact Jello's not going to get better. The le- level of talent that he was playing in Pac-10 basketball was better than what he's playing now. Um, and, you know, I don't hate the kids. I really just hate the person that's in charge.
1: And that's the other thing to to think about when it comes to drafting. Um, It's not just the kids that they're getting. They're getting their father, too. Mm. So they have to be elite-level players. And they're not. To make it worthwhile for a team to take on LeVar, to to add LeVar Ball to their front office, basically, because he's he's trying to run the Lakers right now.
0: And, you know, the excuse that's made for LeVar is that he loves his kids and any father would do whatever they can to ensure their kids' success, which I agree with. But the, the issue with LeVar is that, see, LeVar, he can be wrong several times. He You know, he's older. He's lived his life. He can, he can be wrong when you're risking somebody else's future. It doesn't 100% directly affect him. It affects those kids. Mm-hmm. The kids only have to make the wrong decision once and it's over. And when you're not an elite talent, you don't get many opportunities to redeem yourself. Like you get knocked off the ladder. um, It's really hard to even get back on, you know, the first step you get knocked down several notches and you have to work your way back up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So, What's going on with that family and with these kids? I mean, I just—you're never going to get me to sign on with that. It just—you're not.
1: Well, apparently, all three of them are going to be on the Lakers in a few
0: years. So right, because Magic Johnson can't wait. No, he ain't even thinking about LeBron. He can't wait for to have big baller brand. Who got a uh F rating from the Better Business Bureau, the other Triple B. The BBB the way. gave the BBB a right. F. That that, that now that was 2018 really got started off with a bang when I heard that. <laughs>
1: they're getting sued as well.
0: Yes, and they're getting sued because people have not received their product. But oh, then, the, their manufacturer is suing them. For oh, the bang. manufacturer yeah. is suing. So they're getting sued by customers and by the manufacturer. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Oh well. Like uh, you know. Tried to tell people that business model. And you know what? It could have worked if he had consulted with the right people. In terms of what he could have done is done like crowdfunding to bring the money in and say, hey, if you give this X amount of money, this is what you get. You get this X amount of money, this is what you get. But no, he, he convinced people that he actually had quality product available with his brand and it was worth the cost of admission. And those people got fooled, and I don't feel sorry for them because those were the main ones that was going around on social media calling people haters just for having an informed opinion. So I don't feel sorry for anybody involved except for the kids because they're not decision makers. They, Especially the two, like Lonzo's a grown man, um, and um, ah, Jello is a grown man too, but Melo's not. And he's not free to make all the decisions that, he needs to make for his own career and well-being. <sighs> well, that That's was too me. much
1: time for them. <laughs> no more ball family stuff.
0: I'm going to try. I'm going to try, but see, there's still there's still 7 days to the next podcast. So, anything can happen. You know, there's still like it's it's 3:07 Eastern Standard Time. There's there's still 9 hours left in this day. So, there's there's the possibility of something new popping off.
1: I'm not talking about them anymore. I'm gonna let you have your. your
0: <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start the Lavar Ball <laughs> <laughs> NBA podcast. One it's of, gonna be an hour.
1: One of my New Year's <laughs> resolutions was to not talk about this family anymore. <laughs> so I, you just made me break a
0: resolution. All right, my bad. I'm sorry. I it, I did not go. On. I don't even have him in my notes. See, um, he's infected you. Yes, yes. Is 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 like 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 rabies or no it's like AIDS I'm I'm, I'm
1: gonna go there it's like AIDS you just you can't help it and once you get it you get it and you're stuck with it and there's no (laughs) amount of medicine that will
0: fix it and it's just a matter before it blows up and just kills you basically (laughs) well that brings us to the end of yet another uh lively conversation on our podcast um You can reach us on social media. Uh, My Twitter handle is at Sean Philpot C-L-E and you can reach Adam at
1: King Adam Drew,
0: D-R-U-E and uh, you can find us on Facebook. You find us on our page, like us, so you will get updates on uh, our new episodes and we're building this thing. Um, I released some news today that uh, we were primarily on SoundCloud but I've set it up and hopefully they verify it and get everything started soon uh will be available on itunes so um i'll let you know uh, when that happens this week through facebook again this is sean philpot adam king we'll see you next week